Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And before we get started into this week's episode, uh, for the month of December, I'm going to uh, run a little bit of a special on my books. Uh, uh, my two favorite books, uh, really the last two that I've written. Uh, it, well, the first one's Investopoly, which is obviously the name of this podcast. Uh, and if you haven't read that yet, uh, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Uh, and the other book I wrote last year was Rules of the Lending Game, which is really all about how to uh, structure a loan portfolio in order to build a, uh, a property portfolio. So uh, you can buy uh, both those books uh, from our website, prosolution.com.au. And if you use the code BLOG, uh, it will discount the price to $20 and will pay for postage. Uh, so, uh, of course, it's via Aussie Post, so you might need to wait uh, several years to receive it. Of course, I jest, uh, but not really. Uh, but uh, I just thought I'd, I'd run that special this month uh, in case you're looking for a, a Christmas gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> uh, my favourite child is Investopoly, so if you're looking for one of those books, uh, Investopoly is the one that I'd be reading. Okay, so let's get into this week's episode, uh, which is uh, somewhat of a segue um, into the three most common uh, mistakes that I see investors make. Uh, And having dealt with uh, investors and potential investors uh, almost on a daily basis for nearly 20 years, uh, I've gained some insight uh, and there are some common themes, I guess, uh, into um, into what what people what mistakes people make, uh, and you can kind of solidify it really into uh, three. Now, before I get into uh, the three mistakes, uh, what I wanted to mention was that I think investing is actually really simple. Now, from the outside, it can look complex. So, from the outside, there's lots of different things I could invest in. Uh, all of them seem to have some merit. All of them seem to have some risks. So, how do you know which one is right? Uh, for you and your circumstances and your goals and so forth. And so I think from that perspective, yes, it can look quite complex. But really, if you have a set of rules and a, um, a, a well-developed sort of analogical approach to answering the question, I think it's incredibly simple. Uh, and that's why I wrote the book Investopoly, um, because I believe that if you adopt a rules-based, evidence-based approach to making investment decisions – it's virtually impossible to make a mistake. Now, I appreciate that's a big promise and it sounds like a bit of a sales spiel. It's certainly not. It's it's just what I believe and it's what I talk about on this podcast uh, every week is really logical, um, uh, uh, evidence-based to rules-based approach that tends to be rooted in sort of basic maths and, um, and, and provable ideas. And I think that's really the, the, the right approach to adopt. Uh, as opposed to what people tend to think is it's about finding an advisor and I have to ask their opinion about what I should do and I need to trust their opinion. Uh, In most cases, that's not true. In most cases, it's really about um, opinion should be verifiable. Okay, you should should take these steps because mathematically, this is the best way to build uh, your asset base, not income, and that's what you need to do before you start building uh, income and transitioning to retirement. For example... Like that would be one way to sort of justify a potential um, investment acquisition. Now, having said all that, 
people tend to overcomplicate investing, which is not to say that I think you should simplify it um, uh, regardless of outcome, uh, but quite often we fool ourselves into believing that complex problems require complex solutions, um, where, whereas uh, simple solutions are, are, tend to be quite eloquent and, and work um, possibly more effectively than complex ones. And so there's probably two reasons um, uh, that's the case, that you know that most people seek to overcomplicate things. Uh, the first one is, you know, that d- just because we see it as a complex problem and so we need a complex solution. Um, plus, we might let ego uh, interfere a little bit sometimes where, you know, people take a very simplistic investment strategy will, and they think, oh, well, I'm a little bit smarter than the average bear and so I'll add my... 10%. Um, and you only have to be a little bit wrong to be totally wrong uh, when it comes to investing. So sometimes adding your 10% ruins the strategy. And secondly, um, there's a lot at stake. You know, my financials, uh, financial security, sorry, my family's financial security, our dreams, our goals, you know, these are big things. And, you know, I don't want to mess it up. Uh, I don't want to compromise some of those things. And I certainly don't want to lose money. So, you know, fear of making a mistake uh, tends to encourage people to overanalyze and then sometimes not make a decision. Okay, so let's get into three mistakes. The first mistake is when people try and work it all out themselves. So as a general rule, I don't perform my own dental work. Of course, I go to a dentist. When buying a, a property, I certainly don't do my own conveyancing. Instead, I engage a professional and experienced lawyer you get the drift of what I'm trying to say. I don't do anything that where I don't have competency and experience. So, in fact, there's two reasons that I will, um, w- w- two reasons that dictate when I will go out and find a professional and rely on their advice. The first one, uh, the first consideration is the consequences of making a mistake are unacceptable. Like I don't want to go and buy a, a dud investment property because I know it might take me five to ten years before I work out it's a dud. I've got to pay uh, costs going in, stamp duty and so forth. I've got to sell it. It's just a mess and it's unacceptable, uh, an unacceptable outcome for me to buy a dud investment property. The second thing is where I don't have enough knowledge and experience myself to give me a high level of confidence that I'm not going to make a mistake. So if I, if I think a mistake is unacceptable and I don't have the skill and experience and an underlying experience, then you must go and seek advice because it's just, it's ridiculous not to. In fact, it's always really puzzled me significantly why someone would go and um, spend a million dollars of of someone else's money, borrowed money, on a investment, let's call it an investment property, without getting any advice. Um, firstly, a million dollars, that's a lot of money. Like, you know, and the relative performance of a million dollars, so if it performs at 5% or 6% or 7%, you know, over very long periods of time, makes a huge difference in dollar terms. Secondly, it's not even your money. It's borrowed money. It's money you don't even have yet. And there's a, a cost associated with that money, and that cost is guaranteed. I'm on the hook for that. You know, the bank's going to want it back, and until I give it back to them, they're going to want interest every single month without fail. It's a, there's, no, there's no probability or risk or whatever. They want it. So then why wouldn't I make, so, make sure the other side of the transaction, the other side of the equation, is going to be in my favour, which is investment returns? Um, and frankly, I think if you're not prepared to get some advice and to do it properly and to reduce your risk, then arguably you shouldn't be borrowing to invest. 
because they, arguably you're sort of taking too much risk because you're doing something that you're really not, um, you really don't have the skill set and experience to be able to execute properly. So people, stop trying to do it all yourself. Let others in that are experts in their field uh, in to help you. Okay, investment mistake number two, uh, to reduce risk is to aim for a quick profit. Uh, so for almost 20 years, I've been writing ad nauseum about playing the long game and that playing the long game gives you the greatest chance of building wealth successfully. That is always thinking about, you know, what can I do today so that it's going to maximize my financial position in 10 years time. And taking the long the long term approach allows you to sort of drain out all the rhetoric, the media noise, the fear, all that sort of stuff and focus on the fundamentals. Because at the end of the day, it's the fundamentals that are going to drive long-term returns, not popularity or rhetoric or fear or any of those sorts of things. However, the main challenge with playing the long game is delayed gratification. Take property as a really good example. It's, it's quite possible that you've got to hang on to a property for 10 to 20 years before you really see any sh- decent, huge um, dollar value returns. Now, you might get 5%, 5%, but it really takes a, a decade or more for that compounding to work and for you being in a position where, hey, my property assets have risen half a million dollars this year. You know, that's when your real property investing really starts to take hold. That's a long time to maintain faith and confidence in that investment strategy and, and uh, your, your past decision. And for some people, that feels too risky. They don't want to you know, they want, they much prefer the confidence of kind of immediate profit, immediate returns, immediate gratification. And as such, they start to consider investment methodologies, products or strategies that aim to make a quick return. Uh, that could include, you know, picking individual uh, stocks or shares that are predicted to take off, in, investing in, in an unproven, investing in property in an unproven location that's predicted to boom, for example, Um, buying a compromised property just because there's some redevelopment potential, you know, those sorts of things. And one of my favorite quotes is from uh, Howard Schultz, uh, the the founder of Starbucks, the the coffee business. Uh, And he said, and I paraphrase, I can't actually find uh, a quote, I heard an interview. Um, uh, He says, short-term profit never creates long-term value. And it is absolutely true. Um, investors must forgo uh, the temptation to aim for short-term profits. And if they do, that will, and they make long-term decisions, that will create long-term value. Because even if you are successful in the short term, so you buy that stock, it, it rises in value significantly over the next six months and you sell it and you take profit. That's a good outcome. There's no doubt about it. But you need to keep finding those uh, successive short-term um, opportunities and you need to do it consistently well so you can't you know there's no room for making losses uh, you need to you know find the next one find the next one find the next one it's much much easier and better instead to find a really good quality asset um, which could be a share property could be anything that that has the attributes and fundamentals to deliver compounding returns and or predictable returns over many decades and then just let time do its thing uh, and that's really the easiest way uh, to build wealth. Really the trick I guess for investing is to have patience and the investors with the most amount of patience are rewarded the most in the long run. And my third and final common mistake is 
uh, people don't appreciate the urgency. In the mid-1700s, English poet Edward Young wrote that procrastination is the thief of time. I would reword that uh, saying to say when it comes to building wealth, procrastination is the thief of wealth. Uh, Mathematically, the longer you have to build wealth, the lower rate of return you need in order to do so. So here's a rough example. If you invested $100,000 when you were 25 and you only earned 5% per annum, which is a pretty low rate, uh, you'd have to really go out of your way and do a bad job to earn 5% per annum. Um, by the time you reach 65, your investment would be worth 700000 so seven times what you invested. However, if you don't invest that 100000 until you're 55, 10 years before retirement, you need to generate a return of 22.5% for your investment to be worth 700000 by the time age 65. So in one example, you, you, have to, you, know, you have to get a really basic return and take very, very little risk in order to do that. Uh, in the other situation, you've got to take uh, unacceptably high risk uh, and, and aim for what is, I think, an unrealistic and probably an unachiev- unachievable uh, return. And the difference between the two is just the amount of time you have to invest. Therefore, the longer you delay investing or procrastinate, it means you've either got to take more risk when it comes time to actually start investing or reduce your goals, that is, accumulate less wealth. And it's really just simple maths. This is not my opinion again. It's just basic maths that the longer you have to invest, um, the, the more successful you're likely to be because the more time you have and the less risk you need to take. And it means, remember, risk is the probability of achieving a particular return. So if I, wanna, if I need to achieve a 5% return, I've almost got a 100% probability that I'm going to do that. Whereas a 22.5% return, you know, I've got a much, much more lower probability, uh, maybe less than 10% of ever actually achieving that. So uh, the sooner you can start investing, it's never too late, but the sooner you can start investing, the better off you will be, and it is urgent. I'm not suggesting it's kind of emergency level urgent. Uh, There's never a good reason to sort of rush into an investment. You got to take your time, you got to be diligent, you got to get advice, you got to invest carefully, Um, but you absolutely must avoid procrastination. You should be taking a step every day, month, week, year, whatever, in the right direction, uh, again, not rushing, but also not delaying because life has a habit of just uh, the years just go by so quickly uh, and before you know it, before you actually get round to it, you've lost another decade. So uh, something to be mindful of. So just to sum up then, uh, the first mistake is trying to work it all out yourself, not letting experts in, not, uh, not letting other people in to help. Uh, The second mistake is uh, aiming for a quick profit to reduce risk. Um, uh, It's really about playing the long game and being absolutely um, uh, focused with discipline on the long-term outcome. And lastly, not appreciating the urgency. Uh, It's the start that stops most people, uh, so get started today. Now, the one thing is about these three mistakes is that they seem very simple uh, and quite innocuous. Uh, but the reality is that they're incredibly in, insidious in that they really creep up on people and they can cause, you know, if, if you repeat those mistakes uh, after a long, over long periods of time, they can cause a lot of damage uh, in terms of missed opportunity or even lost monies. So don't let the simplicity 
um, believe you into thinking they're not important. They are very simple mistakes and therefore they're very simple to avoid. Um, but quite often it's the case that these simple, you know, we, we make simple mistakes in life uh, and they can have such profound consequences. It's something we need to be mindful of. And so maybe you can reflect back in your own investment journey and ask yourself, have you been guilty of making any of these mistakes? Uh, and if so, what can you do in the future to avoid doing so? Okay, that's it for me for this week. Until next week, bye for now.